Welcome to the Mark Copage Podcast Show. Join me each week as we welcome professionals from all areas of entertainment, in front of the scenes and behind, as they give advice and tell stories about their journey. We'll be right back with our first guest. Don't call me Cory Baker, call me Marco Posh. Cause I'm not Julia's son like I was before. Don't call me Cory Baker, call me Marco Posh. Cause I'm not Julia's son, not anymore. This week's guest is a multi-talented actor, photographer, and makeup artist. He has starred in countless stage productions such as Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye, The Whipping Man, Sex with a Stranger, and August Wilson's Jitney. He recently wrapped two films, the sci-fi fantasy Facestrom and the action-adventure Mad as Hell. You can also see him in the soon-to-be-released Netflix feature All Day and All Night. Mr. Tori Scrogans, welcome to the show, Tori. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. And um, All Day and the Night is already on Netflix. Oh, all that right. That was my bad. Tori, yes. I just have to say that you are incredible in my eyes. You are a real artist. Where, where'd you grow up? Um, well, I was born in Culver City, Los Angeles, and um, I kind of grew up both in Los Angeles and Sacramento. Mm -hmm. What made you move from, like, were you an adult when you moved to Sacramento or did you move with your family? I moved with my family mm -hmm. and um, I kind of hated it then. So as soon as I turned 18, I moved back to LA. Huh. So you didn't like Sacramento I at did. first, at but first, then you no. ended up moving back there. Uh, yeah. What was life uh, growing up, both in L.A. and in Sacramento? Were there any big differences between those two kind of cultures? Yeah, there's a definitely huge difference. Um, Sacramento was, a was then a little, little more conservative and a lot slower and smaller. But now it's um, kind of branched out a lot more. But um, the that's probably the main difference is that I just felt like as a teenager especially there was just nothing to do and I didn't see a lot of possibility and opportunity around me you know hmm. were you a, a popular kid growing up in school not at all <laughs> uh, what was it I mean did did you like school or not like school or I hated school and um I just felt like you know I was just very insecure and um introverted and I felt like I was invisible so like now when I see people from high school and they recognize me, I'm like, wow, you, you knew me. <laughs> huh. What What do you think is the reason that you felt that you were invisible and maybe more people liked you than you thought? Um, I guess because I wanted to be invisible. You know, I just um, like I said, I was very insecure and I couldn't like I didn't like people noticing me. I just wanted to blend in and be under the radar hmm. interesting um any any have you ever have you done some some soul searching to see exactly why that you were feeling that way um i i think i knew even then as it was because i just always felt different and um i was very afraid of not being accepted by other people hmm. you know and um i grew out of that you know 
I learned to accept myself. And when I was 21 years old, um, a person that was very dear to me told me something that changed my life. And they said, this is your world. Walk comfortably in it. Hmm. And, you know, from kind of that point on, you know, I was a different person. I realized that I'm here to be an expression of love and all the creativity that the universe has given to me. Well, timing is everything, because I have a feeling if that person had not said, told you that at that particular moment, it wouldn't have resonated as much. Um, I am really upset with myself because I saw a quote that you said that, that you had made and I should have copied it down right then because I can't find it now. And I think you framed it perfectly. And I wanted you to expound on that. Uh, but it had to do with kind of, uh, you know, I've noticed from your Facebook page, you're kind of doing a transgender cross-dressing thing on a lot of your photos. Um, and you, the way you had put it was really well. And I'm uncertain. I don't know if it's, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, uh, because you're an actor and just trying different things or if if it is another part of you coming out or what but i i believe you know it could be a a a great way to maybe educate people on 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 individuals that are coming from that uh uh place i i, I wish i wrote down your exact quote because it was actually the perfect way to get into it i don't know if you can remember your quote but you really were very yeah. elegant in the way you put it um, I kind of think I know what you're talking about, and, and I do have it here, but when you said I was elegant in the way I put it, I don't know if this was so elegant, but if it's not the exact one you're talking about, I think it still kind of pertains to the same, you know, point that I was trying to make. Um, and the quote was, I don't identify with any of your genders nor accept your labels. If you are confused about who I am, I am Tori Scroggins and I enjoy being able to pee standing up and walking in six inch stilettos. This is my world and I walk comfortably in it. That wasn't it, but I like that as well. Uh, uh, that was that was wonderful. So given that, I think people have a lot of preconceptions, like even like Caitlyn Jenner, I have not seen any indication that he particularly, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's just more maybe complicated. I mean, what's your take on Caitlyn Jenner? I, I, I just think things aren't black and white and most more often than not, things are various shades of gray. Some people have, I've, you know, I've heard some people say that, you know, it's all a publicity stunt that he's doing, which fine, you know, uh, a lot of people is, will say as talented as Prince was, he still needed some kind of gimmick for people to accept him. Uh, it seems like, you know, it's just so much stuff out there and to cut through it, sometimes you need an angle or for lack of a better word, a, a gimmick. Um, what's your feeling about Caitlyn Jenner? Um, I believe that she definitely is transgender. Um, that is not a gimmick. She's a transgender woman, but um <laughs> She's also a very destructive human being, especially for the LGBTQ community. Hmm. Um, as far as people like Prince, um, 
I think, well, you know, I'm not the expert or anything, but I think that I would, or society or science or whatever would probably categorize him as a transvestite which I believe if I read correctly is typically a heterosexual man who likes to wear women's clothing and accessories. Um, So like you said, it's not so black and white. That's absolutely true. And so that's why it's hard to, you know, know how to identify people. And I would like for us to get to a point where, you know, we don't need labels. We can just be who we are, you know, and let it be that. Why is it, do you think that we are kind of born into the society that immediately wants to label us? I mean, why not just let people come out of the womb and kind of figure it out? Because I believe in America, labels are um, a dire necessity because people need to be able to know whether they are above you or beneath you in hmm. some kind of way. Hmm. And so, you know, they can, people can look at you and size you up and say, okay, you're this, you're this, and you're that. So, you know, I'm better than you, or I'm higher up in the hierarchy of society than you are. I think that's the main reason why labels are so important and why people have such a um, issue now with gender and pronouns and being misgendered and things like that, because it becomes a power thing that people will use over you or transsexual people. You know, if somebody is appearing before you as the opposite sex and you refer to them as man or dude or bro 10 times in two sentences, then that's usually, you know, a flex of power and status, you know, to say, to put you in your, what they believe is your your place. Hmm. Interesting. Um, And unfortunate um, because it like kind of gives you little hope in this world if people are constantly wanting to put other people down, generally speaking. Um, As I looked through through your history, I, I, I you are so talented, photographer, model, actor. The modeling is what you got into first, and how'd you get into modeling? Or uh, oh well, thank you um, for saying that. Um, no modeling, actually. My first passion was photography, which mm-hmm. kind of happened on a fluke. I was just taking extra credit classes to try to graduate high school early, and it seemed easy. And I fell in love with it. And then um, as a result of doing photography, once I decided I wanted to do that as a career and I moved back to L.A., um, I had started learning how to do makeup just to make my photography better. And um, one day I just thought, you know, because I was really young and I looked even younger, I had a hard time being taken seriously as a photographer. Mm-hmm. And something told me it would be a lot easier for me to break into makeup. And, um, and when I made that decision, you know, I built a portfolio for makeup and it, it kind of immediately took off for me. And then um, the modeling kind of came later also on a fluke. Um, I just threw a friend. I went, a friend begged me to go on an audition with her. She had to have a guy 
guy to pretend to be her boyfriend for a commercial. And, um, and the audition was at her agency. I went with her and they signed me. And um, from there on, I started modeling. Hmm. And, and the acting, how'd you get involved in, in acting? The acting came when I started modeling. Um, my agency was sending me out for a lot of commercial auditions. And, um, and I thought at the time, you know how when you audition for a commercial, it's like one or two lines. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, oh, I could be an actor trying to get into it. I realized that it was an actual craft and a skill that you have to constantly develop. And um, I started doing theater just to kind of get a resume started. And I really fell in love with uh, theater and live performance. And um, so I just never stopped from there. Huh. Do you remember the exact moment when you knew that you wanted to be a professional actor and you were going to work at that? Yes. Um, when I actually finally got cast in my first play, um, the director, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I had no clue what an actor was supposed to do. And the director was so angry with me. And every day, you know, after rehearsal, how you get notes, like he would spend the 30 minutes after rehearsal every day just yelling at me. And the rest of the cast hated me because they were like, this guy is going to ruin our show. And um, nobody would speak to me or say hello or good morning. And, um, and the director, I started realizing, I think he wants me to quit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm hating this whole experience, but I'm not a quitter. So mm-hmm. he's going to have to fire me, you know? And I pushed through and, you know, did the best I could. I knew that I had stage presence, if nothing else. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to rely on everything I know that I do have and do the best I can. And at the end of the run, the director came up to me and he said, um, well, you didn't quit. <laughs> and um, one of the older people in the cast came up to me and said, you know, I think it would really help you to take some improv classes. And I was so touched that somebody said something to me from the cast at all, but also I could tell it was really from her heart. And um, I took her up on that idea and that gave me kind of my first um, understanding of, you know, the craft of acting. Hmm. And I knew then that I was in it to win it. I was not ever going to stop, you know, I was going to learn how to be great at it and, I'm going to get there. <laughs> what was it that you that attracted you so much to it? I mean, other than just proving them wrong because they were giving you a hard time, which is kind of sad to hear because you were still a relatively new actor at that time. You would think that those people would have been trying to support and encourage you. Right. <laughs> um, well, you know, when I first got in it, I didn't know there's the difference between being a movie star and being an actor, you know? So I just you know, thought that being an actor meant being in movies and being on TV and things like that. And so I guess that was what initially attracted me um, because I would watch movies and see people that I really admired and thought were great actors. And I just felt deep down inside I could do that because, you know, I'm an empath mm-hmm. and I understand emotions. And, um, but... I didn't know how to apply that to acting at the time. But once I got um, 
in the first play, I, you know, just fell in love with the audience, I think. Hmm. <laughs> and the, you know, just the whole, you know how theater is. It's just like such a creative energy all around you. Even when it was that horrible experience, it was like, you know, I want to be in this place. Hmm. <laughs> Who have been some of your favorite actors over the year that have inspired you? Um, oh man, I love so many. I love um Denzel Washington, Kate Blanchett, um, Marlon Brando, um, Julianne Moore, Meryl Streep, of course. I absolutely adore Nicole Kidman, um, Al Pacino. <laughs> hmm. I could uh, go on and on. Uh, and you said you have an agent and you have a manager too? Um, I do not currently have a manager um, anymore. I recently signed with Element Talent Agency in Los Angeles, and they represent me, commercial, print, film, TV. And are they responsible for getting you most of your opportunities, or is it your own? I know a lot of actors that have agents, but really they're the ones that are generating most of their auditions. Uh, are, 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 how do you, what do you do to get yourself work? Um, well, this is the first time I've had an agent in a long time. Um, and we just recently started working together. So pretty much majority of my acting career, I've um, just done everything on my own. And, you know, social media has been a major um, help for me. That's how my agency found me through Instagram. And so, you know, I just really like I try to I learned a lot about marketing and things like that and promoting and um, really am fascinated by all of that. So also study and try to learn more about social media and, you know, how to make it something that's positive and useful to your career. And um, so I'm learning and growing still, but um Every opportunity I've gotten has pretty much come from Facebook or Instagram. Well, your photos speak volumes, so I could definitely see why why that is. Um, what would you say has been your first big break up to date and, and who gave that to you? Um, my first big break up to date is... Well, probably, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but I don't know if it will ever be topped. But um, it was given to me by Janet Jackson. And it was um, when I first became a makeup artist, uh, maybe six months into my career as a makeup artist, um, I ended up going on tour with her to do her makeup. And it was just like such a surreal experience. I mean, to this day, I can't like really wrap my mind up around it. But the reason why I say it was the biggest opportunity is not for the obvious reasons, but because um, it was life changing for me in the sense of having confidence in myself and believing in myself and what I can, what I'm capable of. And also her work ethic really had a, huge effect on me hmm. um so she's the one that gave you your your first big break as a makeup artist who gave you your first break how did that come that even got you 
yeah, I know you were looking through magazines and stuff and kind of, you know, wanting to uh, replicate to a degree some of the images that you were seeing. Um, who, who was it that actually gave you your first job doing that? I, I would think your phone would be ringing off the hook just off your photography and, and makeup work alone. Um, I guess when I, I moved back to LA when I was 19 years old and my first day there, I um, got off the bus at Hollywood and Vine, you know, cause I thought that was where you're supposed to be. <laughs> and then I uh, walked over a couple of blocks to Coanga and there was that, I think it's probably still there, the newsstand, the big newsstand. And um, of course, you know, I was drawn to the magazines. I wanted to see the photography work and everything. And my plan was when I got there, I was going to become a photographer's assistant to, you know, get my foot in the door. And um, as I was at that newsstand on my first day, you know, something told me to turn around. I turned around. There was a photography studio right across the street. And there was a guy out front sweeping. I walked over there, asked him if the owner was there. Turned out he was the owner. Um, I asked him if I could be his assistant. And um, at the time, he didn't really take me serious. And um, But I came back every day until he eventually kind of warmed up to me a little more. And I became his assistant. And through him, I um, ended up meeting so many of the people who would open doors for me and mentor me and everything. And um, his name is Michael Moore. And to this day, he's still my best friend and my mentor. And um but yeah, um, like he like meeting Michael like really changed my whole world because through him I met the makeup artist who I ended up assisting, who um, got me with an agency for makeup, and um, you know I was working with him. I through him I found out about the Janet Jackson tour, um, you know. So yeah, you know it was just like so many angels in my life helped to guide me to where I was going and um, almost in an unbelievable way, you know? Yeah, Destiny des definitely seems to have uh, played a, a large role in your life. And I'm not just referring to Destiny Destiny's Child. I believe you did their makeup too yeah. <laughs> for a time. <laughs> um, what are some of the other ways that you go about hustling up work for yourself? whether it be modeling work or or makeup work or photography work or acting work you said what what do i well you do many different things mm -hmm. what what are some of the other ways that you go about hustling up work for yourself whether it be modeling acting um photography or makeup oh, okay or yeah you, well you know i believe very I believe very heavily in the law of attraction. And so, I mean, like literally, if it's like, I need to make some money, I need to do some photo shoots, you know, I need to get some headshot clients. I will literally post something on Facebook and people will respond to it and start asking about booking shoots. And then with the modeling, I mean, I just, you know, I, you see, I post like every day I'm yeah, yeah I, I don't think I've seen a bad picture of you. I mean, and you're you're taking are you do are yeah. these self portraits or, you, or is there another photographer doing it? 
a lot of them are self-portraits, but I work with a lot of the local photographers. Yeah, it's incredible. I could never imagine being able to take a, a, a good picture of myself like that. I mean, it's good that you have other local people you're working with too, but I, you know, I just don't know how you do it. Um, <laughs> but go ahead. I kind of interrupted you. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. So, and then with the, with the modeling work, like pretty much almost every time I post a picture, I will get a, um, opportunity out of it someone will want to work with me or um it's um it's you know like i said destiny is or and you said you you do have a a modeling agent too or or Mm -hmm. you you do have a modeling agent yes yeah because element they they uh, should be for that too well hopefully they will be getting you all kinds of work because they they should be um so you you we're born here. You went back to San uh, Sacramento. Then you came back here, and now you're back in Sacramento. What 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 made you decide to move back to Sacramento? Mainly family. Um, after I was in LA all that time, when I went back, my grandfather had just moved back there, and I moved in with him. And be- until I moved on to my first apartment and all of that. It- went on about my life but he passed away and then I had no more family near and um and I wasn't able to spend a lot of time with my family who now was all in Sacramento and um I got I got to a point in my life where I just felt for the first time in my life kind of lost and directionless you know I was still being productive, I was still accomplishing things, but I was not happy and I didn't know why. And um, and I just felt like I was just floating in the atmosphere, you know, with no foundation. And ultimately I realized what I, I needed in my life was to be around my family. You know, I always felt very bad about not being a part of the lives of like my little cousins and my nephews, you know? And um, and so what ultimately happened, though, before I actually came here was um, for like a six month period, like all of a sudden in my life of being completely drug free and barely ever alcohol, like for a six month period, I was drinking and doing cocaine every day. <laughs> and then I um, almost died. And um, that was when I realized, you know, okay, because I always used to say, if I died today, even in my 20s, you know, I will have lived a life beyond anything I could have ever dreamed of, and I would not have any regrets. But when I really actually almost died, I realized I would have regretted a few things. One being not having been closer to my family, and two being not having furthered my education and the third being all of the times where I was like, Oh God, I don't want to go to rehearsal today. Or, Oh, I have a show today. You know, the thought of never being able to perform again made me feel like if I have one more opportunity, I will be grateful in every moment. And um, so when that happened and I didn't die, (laughs) I moved here and, started to be able to have a relationship with my family and have family around me. And um, I went back to college and um, so, yeah, 
that was kind of what it was. Well, you seem to have uh, uh, stuck to your word and, and, and it seems you're making the best of yourself. When you went back to Sacramento, you also started getting heavily involved in, in theater. Uh, what's, what's the Sacramento theater scene like and what kinds of opportunities can actors find for themselves there? Yeah, well, I actually really got into theater in L.A. when I first started. I mean, from that first show on, I fell in love with it, and I never even cared to audition for film or TV anymore. After I had a few experiences doing those things, I realized I really love theater. But when I was about to move back here to Sacramento, I didn't imagine, like, you know, I remembered it being a little small town, you know, and I didn't think there would be any theaters here, you know, I didn't think there would be any opportunities, you know, I thought maybe one day I might have to open a theater or something. But when I came here, I learned that it has one of the top theater communities in California, 